Record to the Sea Cloud. All right, we're recording and we're live. Good old double whammy. Hopefully, uh, I think the audio, my audio, I think my audio is decently fixed. You can still hear the sound of the background when I'm talking, but when I'm not talking, you don't have that constant buzz because I put a noise filter on at least the um, uh, on the live portion. I don't know how it'll show up in the recording portion because it's the Zoom recording is separate from OBS, which is what I use to stream. So, yeah. Anyway, no worries. What you smoking? Uh, just a farm rolled. Which uh, which which month? This month or this most recent past month? Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think May. Okay. I think the last two farm rolled months were pretty good. So yeah, this one's really good. Nice. What about you? I got myself a Robusto. <laughs> um, nice. And I've just it's a Leva five uh double Robusto. So um what it should be. I had some uh Oh wait, no, I didn't win those. Never mind. So yeah, this is a double robusto. Um, it is muggy as all get out, though. There's like even it's so muggy. There's a drizzle, <laughs> an actual drizzle. So uh, I'll be Crazy. wiping dew off of my face the uh, the entire evening. But yeah, it might be raining on me at some point. So yeah, I put my umbrella up <laughs> so that it would protect all the equipment. Nice. How was your weekend? Weekend was pretty good. Yeah. Did you do anything out of the ordinary? Uh, well, it was pretty pretty normal. Um, I had we had uh, Sarah come for uh, Sarah Jansen, the missionary, come to church. So that was oh, that's cool. right. How uh, how was that? It was super awesome. Uh, she uh, shared her story and we watched a video and Moses read his book um which was super cool so it was just a really it was a really good time really great to see and hear her testimony and uh yeah it was really awesome makes you feel small <laughs> that's so awesome for those for for those listening Sarah Jansen um we actually I mean we've known her our entire lives or our families have known each other um, she's a few years older than me. I don't know exactly. I don't remember, like maybe six-ish years. I think. Oh, oh, okay. So maybe only four years older than me. But back when we were very young, she was like just old enough to babysit. And so she actually babysitted us. She taught our sisters um, some ballet and things like that because she um, she was into ballet and whatnot and had like a little, I think it was a little school or something. Anyway, um, I don't know exactly how many years ago, but a few years ago, a number of years ago now, she moved to Uganda and uh, to basically try and take care of some foster kids. And since the time she's been there, she's actually adopted a few, uh, I, I believe, of the foster kids for herself as a single, um, you know, white American who moved over there. And uh, she takes care of them. And then she also has a number of foster kids. So I think at any given time, she'll have, <clears throat> I want to say, six to 11 kids or something like that, that she's personally taking care of in her little, um, what is often a hut or has been a hut. I think they got something built out a little bit nicer recently in the last year or so, but, um, but basically super inspiring, 
um, choosing to live a life of taking care of these kiddos um, that are abandoned, lost, um, results of rapes. I think one or two of them were even like found in the woods sort of thing, like just super, super, um, I, I guess both sad, but then also um, amazing that she's uh, taking care of them. So, so anyway, so she, uh, she hasn't been able to visit the U.S. in quite some time and she's uh, finally was able to come over. And so she's, uh, she got to go to our family's um, fellowship or church this past uh, Sunday with one of the, uh, one of the kiddos who I think she's his mom now officially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And his name is Moses and she's had him since she was a little, little itty bitty boy. So anyway, very, very cool. That's awesome. I was hoping that it, I, I mean, I assumed it went well. Um, my heart was with you guys for sure. Yeah, great. What did you think of our uh, Call of Duty session last night? Yeah, it was all right. <laughs> Got a little rough there for a couple of rounds. But. Yeah, we went back to trying to play uh, – well, not try. We were playing Modern Warfare multiplayer. I think it was – was it Sunday evening or afternoon? We played for quite a while. Yeah, Sunday was great. We played late and we had a ton of fun and then we switched over. We, we played again last night, which Monday night is like our normal game night. So we have at least one a week to hang out. Um, and, um, and it just, yeah, it was like the whole multi, the, the hard points were just super easy overall. Um, and then we switched it up and tried to play a couple of the other game modes and things weren't working out. Honestly, like my brain was pretty fried um, I was really tired, so I was. I, I think there was awake. like overall, yeah. I think that played. I was also for, distracted too. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think we both were. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think there were multiple factors, um, but I, I I meant to put in the chat this morning, but I forgot. Just like a, at the end of the day, like even though it's rough or whatever, like I was gonna put it with that Shotzi clip that I sent. I was like, you know, look. At the end of the day, I'm super blessed and happy that we get to play together. Like, and I wouldn't want to play with anyone else. So I'll take that, you know, over, you know, things going perfectly. So anyway, I'm more and more excited about the new one just because at least it'll be new. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, do you consume any, uh, any good content? Uh, actually, I haven't really consumed much this week, mostly music. Uh, part of my distraction, but um, yeah, I think the only thing that was really productive was I'm just continuing in Chuck Missler's Roman series. So, Roman series, yeah, his sermons on Roman, Romans, the book of Romans, you know, who's Chuck Missler. Oh, oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Okay. I forgot yeah. about that. Yes. Yeah. That's been really interesting. So anything new or any, uh, developments? Nothing do. Uh, it's a lot of insight into like who Paul was and just the, the way that Romans was written as I mean, I didn't even know that like it's considered the most, the book of Romans itself is considered the best uh well i don't know how to put this eloquently i don't know but the most scholarly thing that's ever been written essentially like Mm. it's considered the most complete you know um work of literature that's ever been put together 
which I didn't know that it was on that scale. Um, but it's considered by most to, you know, most, most scholars and authors, et cetera, to, to be um, like just very prolific in its nature. So that's very cool. Yeah. I don't think I knew yeah. that either. Yeah. So I'm getting there. I uh, restarted the new Testament. That's been my kind of my, uh, my devotional process is I've been like, I'll read a chapter, a couple chapters from the old Testament, one or two from the new Testament. And I finished the new Testament, obviously, before I finished the old. So I restarted the new and I'm still working through the old. I'm in Isaiah right now, <laughs> which yeah. actually brought something to, to chat about, but. Oh, nice. um, he also gets uh, into like Romans talks about some pretty serious stuff. So he, he, it was, um, it was, he gets into, he, I, he the way he presents how the mess the way he presents the message is very it was enlightening in the sense that you know he talks about it talks about sin and what that is and then also salvation and and sort of addresses you know what it what it means that we all have a sin nature um and etc so yeah it's really good gotcha nice uh what kind of music have you been listening to Oh, random stuff all over the place. Nothing. Nothing you like that, specific. Uh, you you commented fire or whatever, but you like that uh that guitar riff I sent. Yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. I Did you listen one to the second one. one I sent? Yeah, uh, yeah, I listened to that one. It wasn't as I didn't like that one as much. It didn't speak to my soul as much, but it was still good. Okay. Yeah, I've been putting. Uh, I, like I randomly came across it because one of the YouTubers I was watching like had it as like his intro and I was like, Oh, what's that? And so I oh, found nice. it. And then I've been listening to like the today I was listening to the Spotify radio and I was picking out all the songs I liked and putting them into a playlist. <laughs> and it's like, it's like good work music. Cause it's like something of a beat. It's got some riffing to it and it keeps moving along. Um, and so it's like, but you can kind of still work while you're listening to it. So yeah that's i cool. liked it for that how was work it was good i mean today just uh in general last week or so um yeah i mean it's, it's been all right it's nothing too spectacular we got a father's day sale coming up so we've been we'd added two new colorways to one of our father's SKUs. day <laughs> yeah When's Father's Day? I thought that was like in the fall. No, I don't think so. I think it's June nineteenth. Oh. June nineteenth? So, huh. Something. It's in this month, I know. Got it. Well, June nineteenth is um uh emancipation like day or celebration, which I just read recently was uh Texas in nineteen seventy nine was the first state to recognize June nineteenth. Uh, as uh, Emancipation Day, which I thought was cool. Look, nice. Go Texas. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, so doing a sale, I don't know how long it's going to go, but so getting ready for that. Gotcha. Okay. Nice. Uh, this week, I haven't been working much because, well, I have been working, but like today, I, I'm trying to get a new car, which I'd pick one out. I'm going to do paperwork tomorrow morning. Uh, you already, so you already was, picked one out. Yeah. Well, dad, dad sort of picked it out and then I approved basically. So I, but I drove in, I had to drive in from work to, and I've been playing ping pong with the cars that I, you know, with 
you know, mom and dad's car trying to get around. So I've had to make extra trips all week. And today I did like three trips into Bend and Back. So um, time to pull the trigger. Yeah. What, um, what, what, what happened to your old, your, your truck? Well, I think I mentioned it, but I took it into the shop last week and it was over like $4,000 worth of fixing. Just like random stuff, basically. Yeah. There was a, like a, there's like a $2,800 T case, um, that needs to go in to prevent the engine from seizing on uh, the future. So there was, there's a number of things. And so it wasn't worth the, to sink the money in as much as it was to just get a car with better mileage. Um, and I'd be paying pretty much the exact same amount monthly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Um, are you going to sell the truck? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what I can get for it because of like, I, I have an estimate of all the things that they to looked at. So I'll just give that to, to an auto body shop probably, but, uh, and then I'll talk with Kyler from church, see if he's, if he wants to sell it or can sell it at all. And I'm assuming I'll be able to get one or two, <clears throat> one or two grand for it. So. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Well, at least this is the market to, to sell in still. I haven't seen the car market dip yet. Um, like the housing market softening. So. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, what'd you, what'd you settle on? So yeah, there were, there was, it's a Acura TL. So just a sort of sporty sedan. It's all wheel drive. It's only got 61,000 miles on it. Uh, it's got a lot of, it's got all the, all the perks inside, cube seats, AC, um, really nice Bluetooth. Um, so yeah, it's pretty 2013. So it's, it's a pretty decent rig. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a great rig. I like Acura's, um, my favorite car to date was an Acura MDX, 2004 Acura MDX. I love that thing, but it oh, nice. developed a leak in the, in the motor. It was just didn't, or uh, is that what happened with that? I think that's what happened with that one. And it just didn't make sense to try and fix. No, that was my first car. I forget what happened with the Acura. There was, it was like basically same thing where it's like, there was something that needed to be fixing. I can't remember what it was now and it wasn't worth trying to get it fixed. So Anyway, dude, that's awesome. What color is it? Black. <clears throat> okay. With like the the like the the logo and everything are silver. So, but mostly black. Okay. What's and the got tinted, tinted windows? So. Ooh, nice. What's the what's the interior? Leather seats, um, which is good. And I don't know. The, the interior is black too. If that's the color okay. is interior. Yeah. Gotcha. Interior is all black. The leather seats are black. So, yeah cleaning it will be at least keeping it clean on the outside will be the only thing yeah people complain about that but like i don't know the last car i drove was like dark gray my current car is black and like it doesn't really bother me so yeah but you don't really drive around a whole lot so that's true i don't drive around as much um but even still sitting here it's like you know it gets like all kinds of dust on it and pollen and the trees drop leaves and whatever else on it so yeah. it's also got um, a sport the sport mode with paddles so i can switch to manual if i want to accelerate faster nice. out of like a, a tight spot so that's kind of a neat feature as well yeah that's super cool man that'll be it that'll be a that'll be a fun drive it will yeah I'm um are, so are, you're buying it outright from like a used car dealership basically yeah yeah they actually just got it in yesterday so i won't have mm-hmm. it for a couple of days 
but, got it. Um, because they got to detail it and check it out, et cetera. So it's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it seems like and, it's pretty good. Um, what, like, do you have to do like a down payment and then you're doing a monthly payment? Like what, how are you, what's the financial yeah. like, breakdown? Yeah, I'm putting it down and then I will finance it. So I've already got my pre-approval letter. So I just have to go do like three or four hours of paperwork with. The, Are you doing like a five-year deal or? 60 months. 60 months. Yeah, five years. Okay. Nice. That's awesome. That'll be cool. Yeah. I like the truck, but it'll be fun to drive this. It'll go yeah. a little bit faster. Well, it's nice. It's got the all-wheel drive. It's got better yeah. mileage. Yeah. It'll, it, it's, it'll be a good, it'll be a good car to drive. Yeah. Um, it was, it was either that or a Honda Civic, which the Honda Civic is newer. It's the same price and it's like five years newer, but it's just the base model and it does get better mileage by bet by about 10 miles, 10, nine miles in on highway and in city. But in terms of like, it's just the base model. So it doesn't have anything inside. Whereas the act like the accurate kind of has, all the bells and whistles so it, it ended up being a better deal gotcha nice well that's very cool man it's nice you're able to find something so quickly yeah yeah an answer to prayer for sure i finally got my car well, I, uh, I finally got my car all fixed up now i got the windshield replaced and i got the light bulb or the front light fixed so it, it actually looks nice, nice again <laughs> nice that's good two stinking separate rocks <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well this this weekend so i was gonna wake up on um i was gonna wake up on saturday and go to the river again just by myself um because i don't think anyone was going to be able to make it i will i was just going to go in the morning for sunrise just to like smoke a cigar have a cup of coffee and just enjoy it and then i drive back after yeah but saturday i was like kind of distracted and i was like eh. and so i decided not to do it I was like, I'll just go Sunday morning. So I went Sunday morning um, and it was, it was, it was so nice. It was so clear. It was a little colder or cooler, um, not horrible, just a little bit. Um, but like the water was crystal clear. You, I could see all the little fish hanging out and stuff and it was just crystal clear. And then the sun was rising and there was this one section of the river, like this one little strip running horizontally across the river where these little water spouts would like randomly go. So there'd be three or four of them water spouts going like across this one section of the river, like a little ways off. I don't know what was causing it, nice. like a, 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 you know, a, a temperature thing or whatever. Um, and there was just, wasn't a cloud in the sky. So the sunrise was just perfect. And it was really nice. Um, somebody had left some, like, I think they were like chicken livers. Um, they were probably fishing for catfish or something, but they just like left them like on the dock kind of. And so like I took them and I flipped them into the river with like a stick and like all the little fish were like swarming it. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. That's fun. Um, and then when I walked up, walked down to the bank, there was a fish that was probably is like, you know, maybe like this long and like decent, like, you know, not big or anything, but like an actual fish, not a minnow. And it was on its back, like kind of in the reeds or whatever. I don't know what happened if it got stuck or something and like kind of was, but it was still breathing a little bit. So I got a stick and like flipped it over and like, mushed it out of the reeds and it swam off so i saved a fish <laughs> you saved a fish <laughs> yeah nice that's cool yeah it was um i ended up i did end up taking a nap later in the day but 
for like half an hour because I woke up at 3.30 um, to get there. I have to leave around 4, and I woke up before my alarm, so I woke up at like 3.30. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it, was, uh, it, it was worth it at the end of the day. I wish there were people around here that like doing it with me because it's, it's so nice to like go do something like that with somebody, and you can like sit and have a nice conversation, enjoy the morning together and whatever. But no one likes to wake up so early because it's like an hour and a half away. <laughs> and right now the sunrise is so early. <laughs> 545 is sunrise. So it's that is uh, early. Wow. Yeah. So it's uh it's a bit of a commitment. But that's okay. Um so yeah. And then for the for the dudes listening, um well, I'm trying to think. That implies we have people listening, but continue. Yeah. I reached out to a member of the opposite sex today, and I got a positive response. So hopefully, uh, hopefully that's a nice conversation. <laughs> yeah, maybe she'll go to the river with you. <laughs> yeah, she lives a ways away. But anyway, at least hopefully it'll be a nice conversation. I was like trying to figure out how to approach the subject. Because like, you know, when something's like online or virtual, it's it you there's so much emphasis on like you can't just like casually hang out. You kind of have to be intentional about it. Yeah. It's like, how do you casually be intentional about something without being like too intense, too pushy, too like whatever? And like my personality is like pretty strong, you know. So uh I ended up getting a bunch of advice from from uh, our sister. <laughs> yeah, it was very helpful. <laughs> yeah it was it was nice um uh, very it was good because i probably would have messed it up so right. anyway at least i got a positive response so a, a win it's good for the initial chat which you know yeah w's for now jeremy was like well does she know it's like a personal chat and started getting me <laughs> freaked out about it I was like, she, she should Shut know up, <laughs> <laughs> that's great I suppose if not, I'll get my answer pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. Like I thought you were Very calling to talk about, you know, work or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so that was nice. Um, the last two days, Monday, well, yeah, Monday and today is Tuesday. So the last two days, like, I feel like I've been pretty like, I don't know, lower on the feeling good about life scale. I don't know really why. Well, actually, I do know why. <laughs> it's because like, for two of the, I don't know, I'm calling them consulting gigs. That's a pretty loose use of the term, but two of the gigs, I like sent some deliverables over to the two different dudes and I haven't heard anything back yet. And I'm like, kind of, it's kind of got me concerned about the results. And it's also like, I'm the kind of guy that likes to keep the ball on the, you know, the ball rolling. And it's kind of hard to do that when, you know, you're not hearing back on stuff. So like that kind of got me being like, no, dang it. Um, and then like yesterday I spent, you know, I think I, I don't know how many hours I spent, but I found a ton of job applications to apply to or job uh, positions to apply to. And I sent out, I think at least 10 applications, give or take. And doing that just drains the living life out of you. And so I always feel depressed and out of it after I've spent uh, sent a bunch of applications and whatnot. And I still got a bunch that I was supposed to get to today, but I didn't get around to it. I had other stuff I was doing. Um, but 
yeah, it was kind of tough. But then this afternoon, or later this afternoon, I guess, um, the Rocket Vendor, which is the cold email lead gen company that I'm starting with Chandler, um, we uh, we were like at least halfway through, if not going to definitely close a uh, $6 billion company to let us run a test with them for the, for the service. And then he just texted me or messaged me or whatever on Slack uh, about an hour ago or so that he, uh, we got a test with another pretty significant company. So we've got at least in theory, two tests. And uh, at the end of June, we should be, the website's almost done. We were given feedback tomorrow. And then by the end of the month, um, we should, we've got about 250, 300 or so companies that we're going to be reaching out to and cold emailing on top of Chandler's going to a, uh, a convention where he's going to drop business cards and like basically pitch us to everyone and anyone he comes across. Um, so in theory, you know, if things go well, we actually could have a number of paying clients in the next month and a half, which would be super, super, super cool. That is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So that was encouraging. I was like, okay, it's not the same as like actually being able to support myself, but, um, but it was, it was, it was nice. Um, Step forward. Yeah. And, and very cool. cool. So that was, that was nice. Um, and then Calvin called me, my other best friend uh, called, or well, he texted me and said, Hey, what are you doing tonight? You want to chat? It's like, well, I can chat before, you know, eight o'clock. <laughs> um, but, uh, but we ended up chatting for about an hour and a half or so and catching up. We hadn't caught up in a little while. We texted here and there, but, um, but that was also really nice. I'm always encouraged after those conversations and stuff. So um, yeah. coming off that into this, so feeling, feeling a little bit better. <laughs> um, he's, cool. uh, he's been like trying to figure out work stuff and like getting through law school and everything for such a long time. And now he's got a couple consulting gigs while he's working as a consultant and things are going, going relatively well. And it, you know, he's making money and he's happy about all that. So just tapped my cigar on my phone. Um, anyway, that was, that was very cool. Nice. It's encouraging. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, well, that's a good thing. I put the umbrella up. It wasn't supposed to rain after like six, but it's uh, definitely drizzling right now. Um, Anything else been on your uh, been on your mind or anything? Those are the main main things, yeah. Okay. All right. So, took some notes of different things. Uh, one of the things I came across. So this is like from content that I've you know consumed over the last week or so. Um, combination of newsletters. This is smoking really well, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, I love this too. cigar uh, so much better than the last couple I've been <laughs> fighting. <laughs> um, anyway, all right. So this is some, some stuff I, I came across. So one thing I came across was this concept of a zest for learning because apparently so many, uh, this is what the content was, but so many kids are coming out of grad school or not, not grad school, uh, grade school with basically no enjoyment of learning. And that's something that's like super, uh, I guess I'm saying like, that's something that is super foreign to me because I've always enjoyed learning about different things and being challenged by different environments. And 
that's part of why I didn't know what I wanted to do when I went to college is I had so many different interests and I just enjoyed learning about different things and, you know, computer stuff and math stuff and, you know, whatever else. And so it uh, basically, this guy was saying like, this is kind of an, an issue <laughs> that, you know, that we've identified. And it really struck me as, you know, a question of, as far as I'm aware, all the great people of the world are people, and that people who have done substantive things and or have lived good lives because they've had a life of figuring things out. Um, like even if you're just working on the land or whatever, you're constantly figuring out how, you know, what's working, what's not working, how to fix this, how to fix that, you know, working with the animals. That's a learning process, all of that. And it's a life of learning and, and then knowledge. But I was curious, like, how you would answer the question, do you have a zest for learning? Well, relative to my particular personality, I would not say that in general, I have a zest for learning. I prefer <laughs> to have, I prefer to have a lane. So, you know, if, if I have a lane with a specific, a specific type of knowledge or learning that I need to gain in order to, you know, conquer my next goal, then yeah, absolutely. I've got a zest for learning, but I'm not, you know, definitely not someone that's learning about all, 10 different things at one time. So, so take the, the intellectual or cognizance chat, which I, I was thinking I should turn that into a, like a, a weekly newsletter, like five top things. Um, but anyway, so take the chat, right? Which this is like a, a personal chat group where I, I mostly every once in a while, someone else will contribute, but mostly it's me as in like 99% sending stuff that I find interesting into the chat. When you see those things, you're like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's kind of cool. Oh, I kind of like knowing that fact. Not for any particular reason, just as a knowing it and seeing it like gives you a spark, or is it most of the time you're like, yeah, whatever. It, it's totally fine, right? Uh, this is not a qualitative question. This is just a, um, sure. you know, a you as you're interacting with different types of information question. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, generally, it's more of a. It's more of a. You know, oh yeah, that was cool to see. You know, like I, I, I don't often click if it's like an article. I don't often, I'm not going to click on the article and read the whole article. Or if it's a long video, I may not watch the whole video. Uh, so it, it depends. You know, it does depend on the subject matter for me. So got it. It's, okay, it's not well, then, in general, which kind of goes back to the whole sp very specific thing. Okay, well then, what if we apply the a different frame of reference though, relative to your work, for instance? Do you enjoy learning how the business works, how the parts work, learning about what needs to happen in order to, in order to improve various processes and things like that? Yeah. Absolutely. Or you're like, like oh, dang it, I got to go do this thing. I guess I got to Google and figure it out. You know, what's kind of the, the spirit there? No, my, no, my favorite thing to do at work and when I, my favorite thing, my favorite way to spend time at work is if I have a problem and I have to figure out how to solve it. That's, that, that's the best case scenario for me as opposed to showing up and doing the same thing every day or doing something that I've done a million times and I know how to do. No, I'd rather have something new that I have to figure out and that betters the processes and systems around me. You know, So I prefer to be proactive in that way and it feels better to be working on something 
<clears throat> that's new and different and it challenges me as opposed to, you know, I'm unpacking boxes of product today for eight hours. So, yeah. Yeah. See, I feel like that's a good uh, frame of reference perspective relative to how you interact with learning. So, and with, and, and where you have a zest for learning. And then hopefully over time, like you're able to lean into that zest relative to what you want to do, what you're interested in, which is still better than like, oh, I want to sit on the couch and, you know, mindlessly pay, play video games or like I want to play and get better and better as a form of learning. Um, and right. there's been a bunch of studies about that. But anyway, or a number, I shouldn't say a bunch. I should say a number of. Um, and so, um, so anyway, uh, yeah, that was just a concept that, that I thought was interesting and worth, uh, worth some consideration of like, what are the things that I enjoy learning? Why do I enjoy learning them? And then how can I essentially figure out how to execute on them? So in your case, sure. executing within work. And there's certain, I feel like there's a balance to be had because there's also an element of you still have to take the initiative to solve those problems at work and figure out how to solve those problems at work, right? That sort of right. thing. It's not just a like, oh, I'm waiting for the learning to come to me. It's like, no, you actually have to be on the lookout for those things in order to solve them, which you enjoy. Uh, it's not it's not simply a, a, a passive experience. Um, yeah. So, and <clears throat> yeah. I, 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 I'm similar to you in that I enjoy solving whatever the problems are at work and whatnot that I come across. I love problem solving and learning around that problem. And I don't enjoy the proverbial keeping the wheels on the wagon as much as I enjoy building the wagon and sending it off down the hill and building the yes. team around it. But I also have an additional uh, element of enjoying learning random things. Jeremy is actually a great example of someone who he, he is his, he has an even broader of like completely random things. It's like, Oh, have you seen, sometimes they'll send me stuff. I'm like, like, bro, <laughs> yeah. but you know, it sparks something in him, which is super, you know, cool and interesting. And I, I feel like that zest for learning ties into the being an interesting person, right? Because if all you do is the same thing over and over again, there's not, there's nothing dynamic about that. It's like, once you know it, know that thing about that person, you know, 80, 90% of what there is to know. But when someone's someone who's learning, like you, you're broadening your, your horizons, you are flexing your mentality and your mental consideration and, um, and, and, and mental power. And so there, that, that engenders you to develop, uh, engenders a, a dynamic personality and someone who's an interesting person. So anyway, that's something yeah, I was absolutely. thinking about. No, it's a good, um, good thought. Okay. Ooh, I got to read this thing. So the other thing was something from when I was reading devotions um, in Isaiah, by the way, I've really been enjoying the um, uh, my utmost for his highest. I haven't really read it much. And it, I think I was just in a different place in life and wasn't able to enjoy it as much, but I've actually really been enjoying it. Okay. Uh, nice. But this isn't from that. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is just from me happening to be reading in, uh, in Isaiah. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, all right, where is it? Isaiah 42, 16. Oh, I was thinking about this relative to the topic of navigating your life and trying to 
trying to understand where you're at in life and whether or not it has meaning and, and, and dealing with that emotion of feeling like, like, what am I doing with my life and not being able to, you know, not every uh, season of life is dynamic, right? So the, the verse is, and I will bring the blind by a way they know not or knew not. I will lead them in paths that they have not known. I will make darkness light before them and crooked things straight. These things will I do unto them and not forsake them. But I was thinking about this in, right? So bring the blind by a way that they know not, right? The blind person doesn't know that they've made it to the destination until, or they don't nothing about the surroundings of the journey, right? They only really know when they made it to the destination, right? There's no, you're not sitting there being like, oh, there's the horizon. And here are all the steps that lead to said horizon there. That isn't a thing, right? And I feel like that's even better played out in the, I will make darkness light before them, right? And crooked things straight. But specifically the darkness and light thing caught my, my head, caught my eye because light that's on the horizon is helpful, right? It's directional, gives you a sense of, uh, of purpose in a lot of ways. But right. if you don't have light, or, you know, light around the corner, light just out of reach, the step right in front of you is still dark. And so there's an element of, you are operating, and I was thinking about this relative to myself, right? My current job situation. I've got all these projects going on, all these ideas, all these relationships that I'm trying to develop and pursue and keep up with and blah, 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 blah. At the end of the day, I still don't have a freaking job. And it, you know, sometime this week, my plan is to file for unemployment, which I've never done that before in my life, never intended to, but I think it makes more sense than trying to find some job to like keep the wheels on the wagon while I'm trying to apply. Right. But that's like a big thing for me. Like it almost makes me feel sick to, to, to do that. But I don't, there, there is like the light in front of me only goes so far as the next couple of days worth of work, basically. Like, all right, I know I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to do this. I don't want to do any of these things, but I need to do these things. And there's no light next week. The only light that I have is the one right in front of me. And that just kind of jumped out at me as a, I think a reinforcement of, not contentment per se, but peace with the circumstances, which is like, do you have light directly in front of you? Yes or no? The answer is yes. I don't know entirely. I feel like I, I thought I was supposed to, you know, kind of mature in patience and some of these other things as a result of this journey, but clearly I'm not at the end of the journey. So there's other things that are supposed to be, you know, developing. <laughs> and I think that within that, that the, the, the answer is tied to this concept of, I don't have light for next week, but I do have light, you know, in front of me today and tomorrow, maybe a little bits of light with different meetings <laughs> Thursday and Friday. And that's it. Sure. And so, um, but re again, a reinforcement of like, you know, it's under control. It's okay. It's not as if not having light is some existential um, threat, so to speak. So anyway. That was just something that jumped out at me. Yeah, those are, <clears throat> those are good thoughts. Well, I think having, <laughs> I think maybe having that darkness as a metaphor, you know, the, the unknown, uh, it allows you to, it allows you to be better at taking those actionable steps when you do hit the light. When you do walk into the light. 
uh, flesh that out. What do you mean? Well, I mean, I, I think it allows you to be more motivated uh, because, you know, maybe, you know, use, use whatever darkness, negativity, depression, failure, et cetera, right? You, you yeah. run into those things, however, consistently, but then you, you break through, right? And you're always breaking through unless you're going backwards. But if you're pushing through that wall, it, it, you know, it, it's, uh, you know how it felt five days ago, 10 minutes ago, right? So you're able to capitalize on that, that positive feeling of being in the light, of having direction, of moving forward. And, you know, hopefully, right, it's an even greater motivation to, to do the most that you can with that light, right? You have two options sense, to, but... to move up or move down. <laughs> yeah. Yep. No, that does make sense. Okay. So certain, maybe even playing off that point. So something else I came across, I'm reading this book called Predictable Irrationality. I don't think I read from it yet. I can't remember. I know no, I've read yeah. from the, the other one I finished. Okay. So this is a sim on a similar subject and it's basically the, the well, the, the, uh, the, I forget what they call it, but the tagline is the hidden forces that shape our decisions. And basically it's about how people get wrapped into making decisions, how herd mentality develops, how you can herd yourself into mentality. So uh, in reading it, page, page 37. Okay, I'm going to read a, it's like almost a whole page, but I think it's worth it. So puff here. All right, stay lit, buddy. Okay. But there's also another kind of hurting, one that we call self-hurting. This happens when we believe something is good or bad on the basis of our own previous behavior. Essentially, once we become the first person in line at the restaurant, we begin to line up behind ourselves in subsequent experience. Does that make sense? Let me explain. Recall your first introduction to Starbucks, perhaps several years ago. I assume that nearly everyone has had this experience since Starbucks sits on every corner in America. You are sleepy and in desperate need of a liquid energy boost as you embark on an errand one afternoon. You glance through the windows at Starbucks and walk in. The prices of the coffee are a shock. You've been blissfully drinking the brew at Dunkin' Donuts for years, but since you have walked in and are now curious about what coffee at this price might taste like, you surprise yourself. You buy a small coffee, enjoy its taste and its effect on you and walk out. The following week, you walk by Starbucks again. Should you go in? The ideal decision-making process should take into account the quality of the coffee, Starbucks versus Dunkin' Donuts, the prices at the two places, and of course, the cost or value of walking a few more blocks to go get Dunkin' Donuts. This is a complex computation. So instead, you resort to the simple approach. I went to Starbucks before, and I enjoyed myself and the coffee. So this must be a good decision for me. So you walk in and get another small cup of coffee. In doing so, you just became the second person in line standing behind yourself. A few days later, you walk again by Starbucks, and this time you vividly remember your past decisions and act on them again. Voila! You become the third person in line standing behind yourself. As the weeks pass, you enter again and again, and every time you feel more strongly that you are acting on the basis of your preferences, buying a coffee at Starbucks has become a habit for you. 
I thought that that was really cool <laughs> and scary uh, from the standpoint of what actions or elements of your life have come from self-hurting based on what may or may not be a practical consideration or a practical computation to use his, his phrasing. And it just, I don't know, it just made me think. I was like, that's something interesting to think about. In what ways am I self-hurting, H-E-R-D-I-N-G, hurting myself into decision-making and living my life? And I thought it was a cool, I, at the very least, a cool exercise to go through. I, I, you know, I don't know that I have any particular ones that jumped out to my head of like, oh, well, I'm self-hurting on this versus that. Uh, the closest example might be I enjoy playing soccer and there are a couple different spots that I can go to, some of which have different, uh, like a wall or something I can bounce a soccer ball off of so I can play with myself and, you know, practice a little bit better than just running around with the soccer ball in an open field. And uh, Saturday, I wanted to go outside and exercise. It was a nice day. And it's like, okay, I drove to the first place. I, well, there's a place very close to me that, you know, takes 10 minutes to get to, but it doesn't really have a very good bounce board, if any, a wall that I can bounce something off of. And so I usually don't like going there. I prefer going to the one that's, you know, 50 or, well, no, well, about 15 minutes away. And if I go to that one, sometimes it's too busy. Right now there's a fence because they're doing some construction, very annoying, and I can't do it. So I drove to that one, didn't work out. Now it's like, well, I remember going to this other one way back when that, uh, that, you know, it's not as nice and I kind of have to do, I have to wear different shoes and stuff because it's on a running track where I can, there's an actual wall. So I'll go there. So I went there that ended up being full. So, or this was yesterday, not Saturday. This, uh, so I went there, wasted 10 minutes getting there. That didn't work out. I drove all the way back here to finally go to the spot where if I just been like, I'm going to go exercise, I'm going to go get some exercise in boom. You know, I probably wasted uh, at least 45 plus minutes because I ended up going back to, I came here, there was stuff going on at this, um, this spot, which I could have checked if I just driven here first. So I had to go back the other way, 20 minutes. So I wasted at least 45 minutes driving around, probably an hour. Right. Yeah. And like, I think that's a case of self-hurting to a certain extent. Obviously there, I was, I was balancing a few different factors, but it wasn't a rational X, Y, Z execution of the opportunity. And so again, it's not a perfect case in point, but, um, but I still feel like that element of self-hurting, like it, for instance, like people who drink coffee all the time, why do you drink coffee? You drink it because you just need it to actually function or have you self-hurted yourself into this belief, right? Um, and so anyway, I just thought it was a cool mental exercise and something to be aware of in your own life, like, which goes back to what I was saying about like testing yourself, testing your, uh, not cognitive biases, but uh, testing your habits, pushing yourself a little bit. Don't just do something over and over and over again in your life because you just do it. When you catch yourself doing something like that, ask yourself, why am I doing this? Is, this, is there a better way to do this? Or is this something I should cut out entirely? Or should I replace it with something that's different or better? As just like a, a way of, again, engaging your, your mind to think internally and be self-reflective because that often helps you develop as a person in so many different ways. Yeah, I totally agree with you. It's a really, uh, I mean, definitely made me think right away, you know. I think that, uh, I wonder yeah. how the concept relates to personality differences because some people 
are always trying new things and they always want to be trying new things and they're always doing something different. Whereas like, I think in my case, I prefer having, like, I would rather go to the same coffee shop every single, if I was to go to a coffee shop every day, right. I would want it to be the same one and going to a new coffee shop would feel like an obstacle that I have to overcome, which sounds weird because it's just driving by and ordering. Right. So, but that's something that my personality tends to is finding a lane and then just staying in it and being comfortable in it as opposed to rationalizing the most productive way to go to the most productive way to make decisions. So I, I, I wonder how that relates though, to just personality differences yeah. as well. Well, I think there's a couple, there, there are a couple of elements to that, which may or may not be helpful factors. So one is, I think it's very easy for us to get into this self-hurting cycle because we think we're being efficient with our thinking, right? It's like, I don't have to make this decision because I've already made it, right? I go right. to the same coffee shop. I don't have to spend time figuring out what coffee shop to go to. Right, right? it's work to think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which on the one hand can be lazy or it can be freeing yes. you up to make decisions and focus on other things, right? So like the quintessential example in business, for instance, or a quintessential example in business is Steve Jobs wearing the exact same jeans and turtleneck. And that's all he wore, right? He doesn't decide. He doesn't spend three seconds deciding what to wear. He throws the next turtleneck and the next pair of jeans on, walks out the door. Boom, right? How many of us are like, oh, should I wear this? Should I wear that? Or like, oh, I got yeah. this thing going on, you know, right? It's boom. That's not like he's saving himself. Who knows how much time over the course of his life. Now, the other piece of it is it's not just about, I, I, well, I think it can be dangerous to lock ourselves into. I only make decisions based on what is, you know, uh, you know, mathematically uh, expedient or productivity, you know, speaking of productivity, you know, uh, best, right? What is the most efficacious, like the definition of what is efficacious can be uh, relative to various factors. So for instance, you know, maybe your coffee shop has the coffee that you enjoy. So why drink something you don't enjoy, right? Or, you know, maybe there, when it comes to, you know, making that decision, is, you know, what it, it's not just maybe a, a better question to ask yourself is what is the most rewarding decision I can make? Not necessarily what is the most profitable or productive decision. It depends on the circumstance, yeah. right? But maybe yeah. if you add that element of rewarding, you add in different elements of like, well, I appreciate the baristas and I want to support them at this particular coffee shop or, you know, whatever it is. Um, so, you know, maybe, maybe some added elements to, how to consider, how to consider that, um, when, when you're making decisions. Yeah, so, totally. Um, and, and on the personality side of things, again, it's like your personality could lean towards staying in your lane because you're good at operating and good at locking things down and organizing. Whereas, you know, a, a more dynamic, uh, not dynamic, a more creative mm -hmm. personality or whatever, right. Might be, sure. um, I think, you know, better at seeing opportunity and that you might miss, for instance. And that's why, you know, to quote Bill Burr, that's why you got to know everybody, <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. right? It's, it, it, there's, a, there's an element to learning from different people and expanding, again, your own dynamic interaction with the world through that. Um, yeah, totally. 
and recognizing that different people bring different good things to the table, even if it's not always something you prefer, you don't always prefer the delivery method. Maybe the person is crazy in 49 other different ways or whatever, right? But don't forget, there's probably other ways in which, you know, you know they're made in the Imago Dei. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. Okay, so the other thing that I was thinking about this weekend was this concept of loneliness. This concept was the concept of loneliness because I think that there are a lot of people in our general age group and maybe around the world or maybe around the age groups, but we'll focus on ours. I've seen this common theme and it's even one we've discussed a little bit here on the, you know, on the podcast, right? This theme of loneliness, AKA depression, et cetera, et cetera. And I was thinking like, what is that nugget of depression or what is that nugget of loneliness? Like what drives that? Because people within our age group, different faiths, agnostic and, or, you know, belief in God or multiple gods or whatever it is, right? Like different various forms of belief or, or non-belief, various forms of family background, various forms of you know, cultural background, various forms of uh, demographic background, societal background, um, wealth background, right? And apparently, as far as I can tell, the loneliness factor is pretty broad. And what drives that? And the thought that I had, which is this is not a fully fleshed out consideration of the topic, but these are some additional thoughts that came to mind as I was thinking about it this weekend, which is one is, I wonder if it is driven to a certain extent by, I keep talking, but my, my hand keeps getting in the light. <laughs> um, one is this consideration of this inundation of of world information, right? We're exposed to information from, just take the US, right? Texas, California, you know, Montana, you know, see the signing sheet, see, right? Like everywhere. And then you take on, there's world information. And I wonder if that inundation of world information basically makes you feel small, first of all, right? Because you're entering into this consideration. It's constantly reminding you of your minuteness in a world of 7 billion people, A. B, I wonder if it also uh, reinforces a feeling of being on the outside, right? Like when I look at the world as a Christian and all these other things, right? I'm like, I'm on the outside. I'm not the majority, right? There are a lot of people who don't like what I stand for or don't appreciate my beliefs or don't agree with them or whatever, right? Boom, I'm an outsider. As soon as I go online, interact with this information, I'm constantly reminded that I'm an outsider. And I'm sure people of every other walk of life and belief system, et cetera, feel the exact same way, right? Because it's not as if the majority agrees with them. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but that was something I was thinking about. And then the second piece of it that I was thinking about was, you know, when it comes to how we live our life into the modern age, back, you know, going maybe before the industrial revolution, generally speaking, right? Life was was a combination like of, of work and sustenance, projects and exercise. It was all in one. But now what do we do? We sit, our work is comprised of sitting at a computer and our exercise is comprised of going out and exercising, right? It's not combined in a, in, in, in a life existence, in the existence of our life, like it was in the past. And I wonder if that breaking up of what used to be like mankind, the hunter-gatherer, right? 
was this, that combination was a healthier or better way of existing. And we're trying to patchwork our way back to living a well-rounded life by adding in exercise, adding in, you know, going to a comedy show, adding in watching a movie, adding in this, that, all these different pieces. Whereas like when we're hunter gatherers, we were all out hunting at the same time, you know, we being, you know, generally speaking, right. We were all out hunting at the same time, exercising plus work. We were all back eating food at the same time together in a community element. We were all, you know, sitting around the campfire, listening to grandpa tell the story, right. It was all like incorporated into life. Whereas now we have to make choices about, Oh, I need this element. Oh, I need that element. Oh, I need this element. Oh, I need the other element. Right. And we're like trying to patchwork our way to living a well-rounded life versus being in an environment that specifically uh, specifically acts as a catalyst and, and, and really does engender it. I don't know. Any, how does that strike you? Uh, well, I mean, it sounds like you're describing like universalized versus individualized. If everyone's on an individual, you know, I guess, I mean, yeah, because it like sort of what you described sounds like, you know, you had communities that were all moving towards one objective versus now it's individuals moving towards like their, their objective and mission in life is often very personalized. And so well, it's not even that they're moving towards impact. multiple objectives, right? Multiple mini objectives. <laughs> Right. But those objectives often just impact the individual maybe and not, yeah. and you're not walking and, and, you know, you don't have a community where maybe your objectives and mission are appreciated or, you know, you're not working towards something with a lot of other people. Um, you're isolated in, with your group. You're, you're isolated in your pursuits. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I think that's a big reason why communities and the broad scope, whether it's youth group, young adult group in churches, or, you know, the, you know, online, you know, paid membership groups for marketers, for entrepreneurs, for real estate people, for whatever it is, right? I wonder if that's part of why there's such a big deal as people are trying to find their groups. Um, and to be fair, Jordan Peterson does talk about this concept of tribalism and things like that um, being something we've gotten away from in some ways from a society standpoint, which is then now driving a lot of the um, angst <laughs> among the in the political sphere because this lack of tribalism has left uh, a hole in our lives, driving us towards a driving us towards trying to find it and often manifesting itself in you know general, potentially less than positive ways right well i think part of that is you can feel an artificial reward in that you are isolated like if you tell yourself you're alone or if you are i mean some people actually are alone but i mean there's some sort of maybe like a satisfaction and self-pity and you can think that you're special because you think your circumstances <clears throat> are you know, you're isolated in, in your circumstances or in your pursuits or whatever. So, and that's a very empty way to think and to live, which will create loneliness and not solve it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So following from that, 
I had this other thought, which was your life circumstances, your experiences as a child growing up, external circumstances often, right? They're not your fault. They're not, they're not your fault. And I was thinking about this relative to, I think, I think I, I can't remember exactly what triggered this. I think it was triggered by watching a reaction to Goodwill hunting <laughs> um, from, uh, from Ash. But I think, you know, cause there's this scene in there where one of the characters, if you haven't seen it, you a totally should phenomenal movie. Um, but B one of the characters being told like, it's not your fault. And it causes them to kind of break down um, and, and, and just releases a lot of, emotional buildup. And so I think that's where it came from. But basically this concept of like your external circumstances, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, things that have happened to you, et cetera, they are not your fault. But that's not the end of the sentence. Right. <laughs> the end of the sentence goes, but you're still responsible. And that is very difficult to accept. And it's very difficult to grasp. And it's also just because that's the end of the sentence doesn't mean that, you know, hooray, the, you know, the wicked witch of the West is dead. <laughs> um, that's just the first step before, you know, we start down the <laughs> yellow brick road. Um, but I feel that it, it's still the first step to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. And there is power in that because you have the capacity to take control and to be responsible, like it, you have the authority to be responsible in your life and you have the authority to be a different person than your circumstances might try and shape you or the people around you might try and shape you or might have had in the way that they've had an effect on you or whatever it may be. But you do have power and you have the responsibility because no one else can do that for you. They can support you. They can encourage you. They can give you frameworks and they can give you context and lessons and understanding and wisdom, but only you have the capacity to incorporate that into your own mentality. And that's a, that is a personal decision and it is something you have to take control of because other people can't control it for you. The only way in which people control it for you is when you give them power to control it in your life. Case like a, a, a case in point or an example would be someone really pisses you off, right? You can't necessarily stop them from pissing you off in, in that you can't tell them to shut up, you can't shut them up or whatever, right? Their voice is still going to be going like this. But you do have the power to say, that's not going to bother me. Now, it might take 100 revolutions of you know, the wheel to get to the point where it truly doesn't bother you. But even that act in and of itself is a, is a, a power reinforcement, a personal power reinforcement act. Right. I, I'd say along with that, like you, you don't, not like you don't want to not, you don't want to, you want to be careful not to internalize and harden yourself to that emotion you experienced in the specific case you use of someone making you angry. You want to process it so that you know how to deal with it in a much more efficient manner in the future and you can set it aside. So it's not burying your feelings or your emotions. And just along with that quote from the movie, you know, if you have a brick wall in front of you and the sentence ends at, it's not your fault, then you have an excuse not to push through the wall. 
but if you finish the sentence, then it gives you the power and the motivation and the, you know, the willpower to push through that wall and overcome that obstacle. And yeah. you don't if have you accept, if you accept the second end of the sentence. Yeah. Second part, the end of the sentence. Yes. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a great uh, fleshing out. Yeah. Okay. So that ties into the, the final thought that I wrote down, which was this concept of a well-run life. I don't remember where this one came from, <laughs> but I think it is a worthy consideration to, I, I think your life is worthy of the consideration, is my life a well-run life? And that might mean different things to different people, right? An artist versus an operator versus a technician versus a plumber versus a whatever have you, CEO, right? That's going to have a different answer for everybody. But I still think that that's a worthy consideration to, to ask yourself. And I think that goes into the continually elements of that include continual self-improvement continue development of yourself as a dynamic and interesting person, continue development of how you think about things and how you challenge your preconceptions or misconceptions or just general perspective. And again, you can get too much, get too into the weeds where you never end up making any progress because all you do is question <laughs> everything. But I think that to a certain extent, people that are feeling depressed, feeling lonely, feeling feelings of loss, uh, feeling, um, you know, that it's not their fault and ending the sentence there uh, or ignore, I should say, ignoring the second half of the sentence or not accepting the second half of the sentence, that you are setting yourself up for a disarrayed life relative to what that means for you. And so I think, I don't know that I have much more fleshed out on that. I feel like we covered a number of elements of, you know, the definition of well-run and, and elements of, to, of how to engage aspects of that uh, consideration. So I think I'll, my most, my main intent was just to end it as like a, an encouragement to consider, is my life a well-run life? And see what that answer is for you and see if you're happy with that answer and see if there are things, whether it's one or two or whatever, that you want to alter towards a direction of what you would be happy with when you ask yourself, is my life a well-run life? Any feedback? No, I think that's, uh, I don't know if I have anything to add. I think that was a pretty well-rounded way to finish off that thought. Yeah, cool. Well, those were, uh, oh, my cigar just fell of its own accord, uh, or the ash. <laughs> I think those are the, those are the, all the thoughts that I had. I didn't realize that I had quite so many, uh, thoughtful ones. <laughs> Normally, uh, they're a little bit more punctuated, but, but yeah, I guess, uh, I guess it was a good thing that I came in warmed up for my conversation with Calvin. <laughs> totally. I was, uh, I had a chat earlier this week with, um, I think it was earlier this week with a, a, a guy who's like, he's helping me, like I have a, a good resume and he actually used my template for his own resume 
and he's it seems like he's going to get an offer like a major offer from a pretty big PE firm as a result but I mean he got reached out to by them you know it's not like I played a huge role but anyway whatever um and my template was created for me by a friend <laughs> um mm-hmm. but he uh he's able to look at my resume with an outside perspective and help me word things in a more active voice in a more action oriented way that stands out better. Because when I look at it, I know what I mean. I might not be communicating as clearly or succinctly as I should, and et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, we were having a conversation about that. And he was, he ended the the conversation by saying, you know, one of the, I was going into this interview at, at this firm and right before the interview, I had just had a sales call, a pretty big sales call. And so I was on top of the numbers. I was, I knew what I was, I was warmed up going into this conversation and it was really, it was super helpful and really awesome. And so just as a general, you know, piece of advice, if you have the opportunity to get warmed up for something before you go into it, just like you would a, you know, professional uh, uh, sports match or something, take the opportunity to do that. And he said, Hey, if you're ever doing any interviews or whatever, and you know, you want to chat for 15 minutes or whatnot beforehand, run through what you've looked up for the company and whatnot, let me know. Um, and I'm happy to happy to jump on right before and get, you know, help you get warmed up. So anyway, I thought that was super cool. And like for any job appliers or what other elements of life that might be helpful. Um, uh, I thought it was very cool of him to, to offer that and to uh, a really good thing to be reminded of instead of just going in cold, say, all right, you know, take 15 minutes and find a way to have a conversation, find a way to get a pre-interview or whatever it is with a friend or something, just to get your brain firing, get the, get the, um, what they call the synapses, uh, firing. So anyway. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Cool. All right. Well, folks, I think that's where we're going to wrap it up. Uh, this will go live. I've sent it to the editor. I posted last week's today. I think what I'll try and do is if they get edited in time, try and get them posted like on a Thursday or maybe even Friday so that you have a little bit of time to listen to them before the live each week in case like you have an opportunity to join us for the live. And uh, I think this is a good episode. So uh, hopefully people are a fan. Drop a like, subscribe. Uh, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and uh We'll, uh, we'll keep working at it and getting better. And if you ever, guys ever you know, also want a topic, want us to cover or have some questions or anything like that, you know, there's about a billion things in the world. So we're happy to tailor the conversation to uh, what may be of interest or, or concern <laughs> uh, to you. So feel free to drop us a comment, shoot me a DM. Uh, my information's in the description. You can shoot me a DM or whatever on uh, Twitter or Instagram and whatnot. And we'd, uh, we, we love the feedback. So Hope you have an awesome rest of your week and or day whenever you're listening to this. Anything else from you, Revere? Oh, I think you summed it up nicely. <clears throat> <laughs> Sounds good. All right, folks. Take care. <laughs>